Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, the only podcast that asks your favorite Broadway stars what they think of the Disney Parks castles. I'm thrilled to be launching the fourth season of E-Ticket. If this is your first time listening, be sure to enjoy the many other episodes featuring some incredible guests. And whether this is your first or 41st listen, don't wait any longer to visit the e-ticket to Broadway shop and bring the magic home. There you can choose from shirts, bags, mugs, and prints, all with that specific brand of e-ticket love. Visit www.eticketpodcast.com and check it out. Also on the website, you can learn how you can become a VIP listener by becoming a Patreon of e-ticket. There are five different levels of giving, all to support yours truly, plus a portion of all funds raised goes directly to Gilana's Fund, an organization created in 2007 shortly after my oldest sister Gilana passed away. And this fund honors her legacy by helping organizations across the country whose missions align with the fund's core values, inclusion, justice, and acceptance. Recently, I was honored to be a guest on the Beyond the Mouse podcast and chat about Gilana's Fund along with my love of Disneyland, and I'm so excited to welcome this trio to my podcast. Here are Craig McFarland, Brett Rutherford, and Vanessa Ferguson. Craig, Vanessa, and Brett, thank you for joining me on this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway. I had such a blast chatting with you three on your podcast, which is, of course, Beyond the Mouse. So I want to introduce you to the E-Ticket listeners. So Welcome. Thanks so much. It's nice to have so many of you with me today. So I want to talk a lot about our love of Disney, specifically about how you first came to love the brand. So as a kid, did you have any favorite movies or characters? Brett, why don't you go first? As a kid, going back in time, what was your experience like? Um, Well, you know, let's see, probably, (laughs) because I can go back a little bit longer than our other co-hosts. But anyway, um, I'd say as a kid, I mean, one of the first films I ever saw was Cinderella. And so I saw Cinderella and, um, you know, and uh, The Jungle Book. 
So Baloo and Cinderella, hey, they're the best. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a very early memory. Yeah. So do you prefer So This Is Love to The Bare Necessities? Hmm. Uh, if we were going back, if we were going back, probably The Bare Necessities and probably still. That's a, I mean, that's a hard one. I know that's hard. That was very challenging. Uh, Vanessa, what about you? Oh, we watched Beauty and the Beast on repeat. I don't know if this was just the way for my parents to keep me quiet and stop talking all the time, but this is what we watched. We watched Beauty and the Beast. And then I remember being five years old and, and walking hand in hand with my parents down Main Street and our jaws were just dropped because we'd never been to see a big castle like that. That was pretty far for us to travel from Illinois. So yeah, those were my memories and I, I cherish them truly. Do you have any favorite characters from Beauty and the Beast? Oh, favorite characters. Well, I mean, Belle, how can you? But oh, but you know what? My mom used to make up this song uh, about Gaston, and uh, she would say, um, um, like, no one flushes the toilet and poops like Gaston. And that I think that that's good for potty training as well. I so if anybody really wants good. to steal that, yeah. Yes, you heard it here first, but it's great. Craig, what about you? <laughs> Well, I'd say Gaston does eat all those eggs. So exactly. they, for sure. But, you know, I, I actually not official D Disney canon, uh, but produced by Disney. Uh, and that's the Brave Little Toaster. That was like my first film that I absolutely loved. And then um, I the first movie that I saw in the movie theater was Beauty and the Beast. And so that has a special place for me. Also Lion King, just that whole like Eisner, Katzenberg era of the Disney Renaissance. I, all of it, all of it. I love all of it. And then uh, much like Vanessa, I did travel to Disney World with my grandparents when I was very young. And just the magic of that road trip in conjunction with going to the parks. It was just something that was just, uh, you know, life-changing experience, really. I mean, I think for so many of us Disney kids that grow up into young at heart, that it, we just kind of love it. And then we there's a moment where we all think like, oh, I guess others don't like it as much as I do, you know? But I remember, Craig, I remember the Brave Little Toaster on the Disney Channel. That was exciting. It was such a, you know, and it had like its scary moments. It was and scary, Little yeah. Richard as the uh, soundtrack. I mean, it was just like so fun. Like Tutti Fruity is still a song that uh, I absolutely love. And it's just those memories that come back. And uh, then to find out some of the people that we really love, their future films, things like A Goofy Movie and Tarzan. We're big Kevin Lima fans uh, on our show. And he worked, one of the first things he did was the Brave Little Toaster. So it's just cool to find those connection points too. And David, you mentioned people not getting the love of Disney. And I, I specifically remember, uh, I specifically remember in college when I had this British professor and he was encouraging us, you know, to travel the world. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to Epcot and I'm going to see China, Japan. I'm going to see Germany. And he was like, what, what are you talking about? Don't do that. Go see the world world. And I'm like, no, 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 but, but it's more bang for your buck and get fit, fit more in. If you just go to Epcot, cause they've got Mexico and they've got, you know, all these countries, but you're right. People don't get it. I don't know why <laughs> so speaking of the parks what are two of your must do activities when you go to the park think about that who wants to go first I went last last time so I'm going to go okay. first this time go for it Craig and I'll tell you I am such a big Peter Pan's flight fan in the Magic Kingdom and so what I do is I start my day uh, every time I'm there I start my day with that huge ginormous uh 
cinnamon roll in Gaston's tavern. And then I go right over to fantasy land and do Peter Pan's flight. Because to me, that whole fantasy land area is just so whimsical and magical. It's such a great way to start your day and really makes you feel like you are in the parks. And then I think food is such a huge, important part of all the parks. And certainly it doesn't get much better than like a cinnamon roll bigger than your head. <laughs> that's right. I love that Gaston is continuing to make an appearance today, but so, uh, but that's great. Simon roll, Peter Pan's flight, Brett or Vanessa. Well, uh, my, one of my favorites is haunted mansion. I, I just love going to see it. It's, it's scary without being too terrifying. So that's a must do for me. And then jungle cruise, which is wonderful to me. It's like watching stand up, and you can either love it and really get into it and appreciate the jokes, you know, the backside of water, O2H, O2H. Uh, or you can be put on your director's hat and go, mm, I don't like that line delivery. If they would have said it this way, it would have been funnier. Okay, give me, give me, give me the steering wheel. I'm going to do it for you. So, you know, that that's just a ride that my mom doesn't get. She says I'm too embarrassing because I laugh at these jokes that no one else is laughing at. But that's the point. The point is to get into it and to laugh. Yeah, there's some great ones. I still love Dr. Albert falls right you know. <laughs> i do love that one brett what yes. about you two must do's okay well let's see luckily when i go to disneyland since i'm from the midwest you know i'm gonna go to disneyland i'm gonna go for more than just one day luckily so at least one day the first thing i i do is i am at the rope drop and Adventureland. so as soon as the rope in fact drops it is indiana jones there because that is just the best and then so and once you get that done because i'm i am a rope drop person absolutely absolutely roped up person so i would do indiana jones kind of the trifecta of indiana jones pirates of the caribbean and haunted mansion you know over there and then um the other really must do which um I found that one of my favorite foods is in the is that the French French market French market thank you oh I hate when I'm wrong but yes the French market um, their corn chowder I have experienced because of that corn chowder specifically I have kind of experienced all the corn chowders at all Disney parks because I'm becoming this corn chowder connoisseur. I don't know, but that's where I go. That's where I go because it's California, you know, it, at nighttime, even in the summer, it's gonna get a little cooler and the right time of year with the corn chowder and the jazz playing. Oh, and yeah. then you go see Phantasmic. Okay, I, I, I've sort of broken the rule of- I know. Again, even, this again, is, you, you are, what I do. You're breaking the rules. I David, you are being that. introduced again to the behind the scenes of our podcast. You asked Brett for two things and he just named I know. six things. Well, we started Sorry. with three attractions and there was like, and then this. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. I love that we're all very passionate <laughs> about the parks. So speaking of the parks, we're going to play a game. And this is Ooh. new. I mean, we've done oh, little things, but because there's three of you, I couldn't do fast pass answers or Tweedledee or Tweedledum. So this is Disney by the numbers. So it's a little Price is Right style. I'm going to ask a question and whoever answers closest without going over wins. And there is a tiebreaker. So these questions are about the cost of things, the height of things, the time of things. It's very exciting. We've got five questions. So this is Disney by the numbers. The first question and then I will go in order. We'll go alphabetically by first name, which is Brett, Craig, and Vanessa. Which we should switch up, I guess, realize that's unfair. No, I think that sounds very fair. No, because then Vanessa's going to give me the $1, Bob, each time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so uh, 
uh, and you'll let me know your answer and try not to go over. So the first one is the cost of a jumbo turkey leg at Walt Disney World. Think about it. Brett, how much does that tur jumbo turkey leg cost? $14.69, please. Okay, so $14.69, Craig? I'm going to go $11.99 because I'm not including the tax. I don't know if we should be including tax. And Vanessa? Uh, $1, please, David. <laughs> Great. Okay, just to remind you, Brett said $14.69. Craig said $11.99. Vanessa said $1. The cost of a jumbo turkey leg at Walt Disney World is eleven seventy-five. But he oh. went over. He went over. Oh. So Vanessa wins. Craig, <laughs> that was so exciting. He just bought Craig, one so too. Good. I just bought one. Uh, Craig, yeah. you were so close. Oh. oh man, who does seventy-five cents for the end? Come on, Disney. Number two for Disney by the numbers: the height of the Enchanted Storybook Castle at Shanghai Disneyland. We're gonna go in a different order. We're gonna start with Craig. I'm going just based off of, because I don't know, um, but I'm thinking that uh, when I was looking at height charts for my child, when we went to Disney World, I would think that this is a walkthrough attraction, I believe. So I'm going to go 36 inches. Are we talking about the height for the castle or to we get are. into the castle? Okay. Oh, oh, so, the so height of the castle. castle. Oh, so we're gonna, so I thought you meant the height of the ride. <laughs> so Craig said 36 through. inches. <laughs> Yep. Right. Uh, Vanessa. That's very unhelpful. And I have no, any, any kind of perspective on height. So I, I'm just going to say, oh, do I have to do it in meters? Cause it's in, in Asia. We are going to go with feet because okay. this is an American produced podcast, but thank okay. you for checking. All right. That won't help me at all. My guess, but no. uh, I'll go with uh, 80 feet. Great. And Brett. Ooh. Well, I can do the dollar thing, only the conversion, but um, I know that the uh, that it's like the second tallest castle in the kingdom lands. Um, so um, I will say, Vanessa said what? 80 feet. 80 feet. And Craig did say 36 inches, <laughs> just if that helps. I mean, he could have been thinking storybook land canal, you know, okay. we're good, but. Um, I'm going to say 100 feet, because I'm not going to do the 101 thing or whatever, you know. You're right. So the answer is 200 feet. So Brett, Ooh. you win awesome. that round. <laughs> nice, yeah, 200 feet. I believe it actually is the tallest is after really? the, I, I think it's the tallest. Okay. If you're listening and you're angry about it, I'm so sorry. Join the Patreon and let me know what you think. So uh, here comes number three. This is a year. Tell me which year Tokyo Disney Sea opened. And let me know the, the one who gets the closest here without going too far in the future. So the year that Tokyo Disney Sea opened, Vanessa, up to you. I feel so bad that I don't know this. So I'm just going to guess the year 2000. Great. And Brett? Mm, 2003. Great. And Craig? So uh, I'm actually reading Disney War right now, which covers the Eisner era. And when Michael Eisner was brought in in the mid 80s, uh, Tokyo Disney Sea was already open because they started to work on Euro Disney. So oh, that being said, that's oh, right. I'm going to say I'm going to say oh. a lesser year, so I don't go over. So I'm, I think it's in the early 80s, but I'm going to say 1979. That is interesting, Craig. I think you're talking about when the park officially opened, but Tokyo Disney Sea opened 
in 2001, which means <gasps> Vanessa wins yes! that round. So you, you, Vanessa has two points. Brett has one point. And Craig has honorable mention at this point with the 36 inch castle. So here comes number four. How many words are in Walt Disney's opening day speech at Disneyland? So we're going to start with Brett this time. The whole? Oh the whole boy. speech. I'm going to give you a hint. It starts with to all who come to this happy place. Welcome. I, that's, and I counted nine. So yeah. <laughs> so Oh, I have to be first. Oh, you do this time. This is going to, this, you might have to edit this because I'm going to take my time because I know it. <laughs> so, uh, you have 15 seconds. Oh, no. Oh, thunk, thunk. okay. Uh, mm, 30 words. 30 words. Uh, Craig, what's your answer? I was about 30, so I want to undercut Brett a little bit. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to go a slightly over Brett. I'm going to go 31 words. Okay, and Vanessa? I will say 32 words, David. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it is cutthroat in here. Uh, so Brett said 30, Craig said 31, Vanessa said 32. The answer is 64, which means <laughs> Vanessa is closest. <laughs> I love this game. Wow. We are so terrible. I'm, I Vanessa, am in particular, I'm terrible at this game. Well, Vanessa, you've come a long way from not knowing feet, but we're yes, doing well. You. This is like Ariel over there. Okay, so then uh, here's our last one before the tiebreaker, which we may not have, but if not, we'll play one more to see if someone can win. How tall is the Matterhorn at Disneyland? The actual height of the structure, not where the ride sits, but from walking on you know Matterhorn Way all the way to the very top of that mountain. We're gonna start with Craig. I'm, I'm going to try to go a bit lower than I expect because I'd love to at least win one of these. And they all joke with me that I've never been to Disneyland before. So this is kind of a guess, but I'm going to go with 140 feet. Okay. And Vanessa? I'm going to be consistent with not knowing feet. So I'm going to stick with 80 feet, I think. Okay. And Brett? Well, I'm going to play the game the way it should be played and say 141 feet. <laughs> well, that was a very strategic move, Brett, because you won, because it is 147. Ooh. Wow. Wow, Craig. I mean, Craig, that you can share that win because that was a solid guess. So uh, right now, Vanessa won with three points. Brett with two points, but here's the tiebreaker. And we're going to see Brett, you could steal, you could tie, but let's Ooh. just do this one. I need okay. to know how many minutes long is the sword in the stone movie? Vanessa? 60 minutes. Solid hour. Uh, Brett? 75 minutes. Craig? I want to say, I think it's actually, I think it's actually probably in the middle of that. Uh, Sword in the Stone is one of my favorite films. I think you should really take advice from Brett's power move. Yeah. And he said I, 75. I, okay. That's a really good, uh, that might be a good suggestion. And it might be a little pity on your part, on the host part. So maybe I'll go with 76 minutes. So it is 79 minutes. So Craig, there is that point you wanted, Brett, Thank solid, you. solid guessing. Well, okay. congratulations, you three. Aww. We all learned a lot about the numbers. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, I think boy. I would have failed miserably. I really do. I don't. Aww. 
I did fail miserably. <laughs> can you tell the e-ticket listeners a little bit more about your podcast and where they can find you either on social media or to listen to it? Absolutely. So you can find us on any uh, podcast platform if you just search Beyond the Mouse. And we do talk all things Disney on our podcast. We also really like doing interviews. We have other content creators like David's episode that you can go back and listen to. Uh, also, we've had the pleasure of speaking to a lot of Disney legends. We have six different Disney legends, including Floyd Norman, who worked on Sword in the Stone, also one of my favorites. Uh, so it's just been really fun to be able to talk to Disney creative people during uh, this last four years that we've had the podcast going on. And also we talk about things from the parks. We review the new movies as they come out. We talk all things Disney plus anything you can think about about Disney we cover. And we're also part of NPR Illinois as well. So you can find us on the nprillinois.org website if you want to be fancy with your searches. And on as far as social media is concerned, we're on Instagram, Beyond the Mouse Pod. We're on Twitter, Beyond Mouse. And we are on Facebook if you just search Beyond the Mouse Podcast. That's great. And I will add that you three are wonderful human beings with the true love of Disney and theater. And it's been a joy getting to know you all uh, throughout this time. So thank you, Craig. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Brett, for joining me on this episode, for playing Disney by the numbers. And I can't wait to all go to Disneyland with you. Yes, let's go. It'll be so fun. Let's go. (laughs) For this episode, I was able to chat all things Disney with one of my first friends I made in New York City, who has now become a big, big star. On Broadway, he has been seen in Jersey Boys, Good Vibrations, The Little Mermaid, and Guys and Dolls, and has appeared in multiple movies and television shows, including his Emmy Award-nominated turn in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Get ready for the one and only Mr. Titus Burgess. my goodness gracious, my very, very good friend, Mr. Titus Burgess. Thank you for joining me on E-Ticket to Broadway. You know that I'm a big fan of yours, right? Oh my God, stop it. Well, and I I remember once upon a time, you actually texted me from Disneyland and I was so sad to not be with you. So this is almost the next best thing. Well, I I knew how much you loved it. So I thought the only person that I know that would really appreciate my being here is David Alpert. Yeah, it's true. So take me back in time. What was your relationship with Disney growing up in Georgia? Did you watch the movies or go to Walt Disney World? I only saw The Little Mermaid. Um, that was my only, uh, you know, sort of relationship with Disney. Uh, I saw the, um, well, the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, but that's not Disney. Uh, but later on, you know, obviously it became sort of associated with that. And uh, we never took vacations. So I never went to Disney World until I worked there after I graduated college. So I had very little uh, relationship to it. And when you saw Little Mermaid, had you not seen any Disney movies before that? Like Snow White or Cinderella? Nope. No. Do you remember what that was like seeing this amazing, you know, suddenly the renaissance of Disney? Any thoughts of that movie? Well, I had nothing to compare it to. So, you know, I it, it was like any other cartoon honestly and not to dethrone the majesty of of what you know disney and alan minkin and howard ashman did but um it sort of i thought oh well that this is fun and these songs are great and you know i don't know i just it, it was it seemed normal and appropriate and i didn't realize that it was above the fray until much later 
that is a real thing because it came out in this renaissance. Same with me. I was the first one I saw in the movie theaters and I thought, aren't they always like this? And everyone was right. like, no. Yeah, because you know it was a renaissance in 89. We didn't quite know. So you mentioned this already, but we do have that in common. We both worked at a Disney park around the same time. I was on the Autopia, but you in the Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom. What was like your typical day like doing that show? Oh my God. So Disney World is truly the uh, happiest place on earth. And I didn't, um, I didn't go away to college. I went to college in my, in my hometown, in my backyard. So I never had that, you know, experience that other people do when they go out of state to, to go to school. And uh, I led a, a, quite a, a sheltered life. So when I got to Disney World, it just seemed like endless... Um, Endless vacation mixed with some sort of really, really awesome work study. Everyone was great and young and ready to take on the world. Um, I, I uh, was in one of the equity shows. Um, I'm not sure if Disney's bringing back the equity shows or not after you know what. Um, but uh, I, uh, I was in the equity stage and I did maybe four hours of work a day. And then the rest, I just walked around the park. Um, and out of those four hours, I was on stage maybe a total of 45 minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, like, how does how do you end up getting a job at Disney World, though? You've never been. You just sure. uh, found an audition and went? Um, so, I don't know if they still have this, but back in the day, um, there was this thing called Southeastern Theater Conference, SETC. Yes, they okay. still have that. And um, it's, it's, you know, a bit of a cattle call and uh, lots of casting directors uh, and theater heads, et cetera, um, show up there and you go and you do your, I don't know, I think it's maybe like your 16 bars and your, your 30 seconds of a monologue or something ridiculous that is supposed to tell the world how brilliant you can be at doing something really fast. Um, and so I did that. And, you know, it's interesting. I didn't get, there were like hundreds, uh, and I'm talking hundreds of casting directors. I think I got maybe four callbacks. One of them was, um, I think his name was Dave Clemens. He was casting for uh, Frank Waldhorn for the Civil War at the time. And uh, he told me that, uh, he said, you have to finish uh, college. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hire you. Um, but you know, you're on my radar. And I was so excited. He goes, Titus, don't worry about not getting all these auditions. He said, all you need is one person to believe in you. So I go to the other places. Disney was not one of them, but Disney was next door to one of the auditions that I had, uh, or one of the callbacks that I got. And uh, he heard me singing through the door and requested from that casting director, my headshot and resume, called me and offered me a job on the spot, having not even seen me utter a line of a, a song. And so what was it like the first time you walked through the gates and saw like the castle at Walt Disney World? Well, once again, I had nothing to compare it to. Um, <laughs> I just You don't grow up with castles everywhere. <laughs> I just thought, wow, this is really cool. And it's like everything, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, I, I had later uh, began to see on TV uh, in my adult years where I would begin to associate, uh, you know, grandiose and animation with Disney, it was like it all had come to life. 
Um, so, you know, I was, but I was also a bit overwhelmed. I, you know, I, I not to undermine uh, how exciting Disney is, but it was the first time I, you know, lived away from home for a long period of time. And it was my first or one of my first professional gigs. So I didn't really have time to, um, at the top of it, to be, um, in, you know, awestruck by it. Uh, I was, I was much more worried about, you know, doing my job. But once I got to the groove of things, uh, and got to go behind the scenes and all that good stuff, uh, the, the magic just seemed to increase. It never, ever got old. It was wonderful. I, I love that. I mean, I think what you keep saying is that you got to kind of experience it with no expectations and just let the magic wash over you, which is, I think, really great. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Do you have any favorite memories from your time doing the Festival of the Lion King show? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I, I would probably have to say it was the people. It was uh, seeing the faces of the, uh, of the kids in the front row as we came through those curtains. And, you know, they were just, they were so beside themselves. Like, like you know, just, there's nothing like seeing Disney through the, the eyes of a child. Um, and every day I got, you know, to sort of be a kid vicariously. And I think, that joy and that wonder uh, sort of stuck with me. And, and I, I was appreciative of being able to relive that every day. Disney parks and, and Disney in general is oftentimes, I think kids first introduction to musical theater and performance. Well, that's and a good point. There's some, so many of us that work in the theater community, we, we did get a lot of, we learned a lot from Disney, whether it's seeing the little mermaid in the movie theater or going to the parks. I think what you witnessed is a really wonderful thing. Do you remember any of the songs that you sang for the show? Sure. It was, it was, so it's called the Festival of the Lion King, and it has nothing to do with the Lion King. We just sing the song yeah. from it. So, I, you know, all, the, all of the songs that we uh, know and love, King for the Love Tonight, um, you know, all the hits from the Lion King we sang. The Circle of Life, perhaps? The Circle of Life, yes, of course. Did you do Hakuna Matata? We did not do that. It was a half-hour show. Oh, uh, got it. It was kind of... <laughs> It was cut in previews. <laughs> Just last year, you co-hosted the Disney Parks Magical Hanukkah Celebration. And when asked how it felt to end such a challenging year with some Disney optimism, you answered Titus in such a beautiful way that you were happy to be part of the magic we're all in need of right now, which I love. Why do you think the Disney parks and the whole brand of Disney makes us feel so hopeful and magical? Hmm. Oh, I think it kind of, I think it kind of goes back to what I said uh, earlier about being able to relive, um, you know, the, the magic through the eyes of a child every day. I think at, uh, no matter what age you are, when you visit that park, even if you work there, even if you are, you know, driving the monorail or, well, the monorail, I think, drives itself. But, you know, even when you're doing something as, as that seem, may seem to be less important as, you know, performing and being out front and center, there's something very familial uh, about that place that, you know, 
is inherently and intrinsically communal. Um, and you, you truly feel uh, a part of, you know, everyone that's, that's there. You are all in a shared experience and it sort of heightens it in a way, at least it did for me. So this communal idea of the Disney parks, I think is so true. How do you think we can take that magic and bring it into the world? You know, I, I love that you were talking about community and a shared experience. Is there anything that we can take from the Disney parks and apply it to the real world? Well, once again, not to dethrone what Disney has done so well. Um, but, you know, David is not so much the, can we uh, borrow from it? Of course we can. You know, every civilization borrows from the other's religion and turns it into, you know, their own thing. Every, you know, uh, major religion has its own, um, I'll, I'll say Christmas holiday, but not that Christmas, Christianity and Christmas is ahead of any other one. But, you know, every one of us have has our own thing that we celebrate um, during the holiday season that essentially uh, evokes the same energy and spirit, a spirit of family, a spirit of um, culture, a spirit of spirituality. Um, and, uh, you know, thinking of those who come before you. The, the trick though is, are we willing to participate? It's always there, it's ever present. It hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, it's been here for hundreds, hundred, you know, more than hundred years now. So the answer is yes. Uh, the question is, will we? It's very wise, my friend, it's very wise. Let's talk about everyone's favorite crab, Sebastian. Do you remember the first time the role and the show came onto your radar? Yes, I was, let's see here. I was, I think I, had I done Jersey Boys? Yeah, done Jersey yes, Boys. You had done Jersey Boys. And I remember I had gone home um, to see my mom who was in a state at the time. And of course, every time I would get home, I would have to magically fly back to New York sooner than planned. So I had an audition for the role of Sebastian and I tanked it. It was, it was terrible. And um, I was just, you know, in complete disarray and had gotten off the plane and went right to the audition um, as one often does in this industry. And, uh, you know, they were nice and told me to go outside and kind of gather myself and I could, that I could come back in again. So I did, and I tanked it again. Uh, this time I left on my own and um, cut to a year and a half later, I'm doing a run of The Wiz at the La Jolla Playhouse. And uh, I get a call from my agent saying I have a callback for The Little Mermaid. And I'm like, how can I have a callback? And during this round of auditions, I never had an initial call. But something in me, when I got those sides, I was like, I, this, I'm going to get this part. Like, I just knew how to do it. And I went in and I had one audition and, and that was that. And uh, it happened so fast and it completely changed uh, my life. And I was, I'm enthralled with that music and I could live inside the, the joy of that all day. 
I love that you shared that that was the first Disney movie you saw, and it kind of just, you know, paved the way. That was, you know, whether in 1989, they, you know, the universe was saying, hold on to this idea of this movie. This is going to come back for you. Mm. You know, I just love that, that straight line almost. So you booked the role. Do you remember some of those early costume fittings when you were, you know, experimenting how Sebastian was going to live on stage? And did you have oh. any feedback on the costume? Do you know, um, my first sort of foray into the movement, which kind of, well, so they, they, they showed us renderings of the costume and then, and on paper, it looked, um, really good. Look, I mean, it looked thrilling. It looked alive. It looked kinetic. Um, and then when they presented it to me, um, it was heavy and leather uh, and uh, it weighed about 40 pounds. Um, and that made uh, an already heavy Titus, um, you know, work very, very hard, um, you know, on stage. And so it, it sort of, I feel, ever so slightly uh, impaired my uh, performance. But um, I did not have any say so in the costume. I just requested that they, they try and make it lighter. They did not. What's funny is we've had many of your wonderful Little Mermaid co-stars on this podcast, like Sierra and Heidi Blickenstaff and, and of course, Jonathan Freeman. And Sierra shared a story, too, that one of the wedding dresses was also incredibly heavy. I, I don't know I what remember. that is. Yeah. And, and one of yeah. her tales in Denver – um, it, it was also heavy and, um, but Sierra was so fluid is the best way to describe it. And, and agile that she made everything look so easy. So <laughs> I'd be hard pressed to believe that she had trouble with her costume. Right. Um, I, I mean, I adore all of you that were in that show. Do, what was it like, you know, bringing under the sea to the Broadway stage? What was that like singing that, you know, eight times a week and seeing, could you like Festival of the Lion King, could you see the audience enjoy this? Um, y yes. When you, when you, when the opening, uh, do, 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 uh, comes on and, and, you know, you hear a collective sort of gasp, um, <laughs> And it just sort of, you wait all your life to star in a Broadway show and to, you know, be given the, the honor and the privilege to sing one of the most iconic songs out of the Disney canon um, did not go lost on me. Uh, so I, I was I was pleased. Yeah. Did you have a favorite moment of the show? Like a, a favorite moment of doing it? Coming out of the, uh, so my entrance was me conducting the orchestra and I came uh, on an elevator out of the orchestra pit. It was my own, my little, my little version of all that jazz, but, um, yes. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. So they were like, Titus, that's great. Maybe not so much snapping and fossil. <laughs> right. Titus, in addition to being a wonderfully talented performer, I know you're an incredible composer. Are there any uh, Disney movies that you just love the score to? Oh my goodness. Newsies. Love that. Oh, yes. um, so good. So, 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 so good. Um, I love that music. Yeah. yeah he, he, it just, it's, it's so infectious. And uh, so I think it's probably at the top of my list. Titus, if you were to get a job at the parks and this time not as a performer, what job would you want? Selling ice cream. <laughs> yeah. 
How much selling of the ice cream would you do versus how much of the eating of the ice cream would you do? How dare you? <laughs> well, because because if I was asked to sell Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwiches, I would sell them. And then after everyone I sold, I would taste one. Yeah, you like, have to you eat have one to. with the person that you're selling it to. Of course. You have to prove that's not poison and that it tastes good. Um, okay, same question, but for Titus Andromedon. What job do you think he would want in the parks? Oh, he'd want to like sit in the shade, um, maybe sell water or something like that. Yeah, he could like be a cast member, like on one of the water rides, just kind of pushing the button, right? You know, making them not engaging. He doesn't want to engage it with anyone. Yeah, that's fine. And finally, what about Tess, that very shy French woman who appears on your Instagram page? <laughs> Tess she want to work at? She would want to work at Epcot because she thinks she's international. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> she would work in the French Pavilion. Exactly. <laughs> oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, this it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Titus, this is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question, and you can answer as many as you can. Are you ready to play Fast Pass Answers? Yes, I am. Indeed. Titus Burgess, name any character from The Little Mermaid. Ursula. Favorite Sondheim musical? Into the Woods. Name any Disney character that lives underwater. Sebastian. Name a ride in Animal Kingdom. Oh, the, the, the safari? Yes. Name any song from The Lion King. Circle of Life. Name another cast member from The Little Mermaid on Broadway. Time. Sierra Bogus. <laughs> yes. We will. Judges? Yes. Accept <laughs> that. that was really exciting. Um, Into the Woods. I know you love that. Um, so do we... I, I have been fortunate to hear you sing Poor Unfortunate Souls. Do you feel connected to Ursula as much as Sebastian? In my later years, I'm much more of a cynic. I, I'm Ursula 100%. Sebastian housed, although crotchety, housed um, an ebullience that um, I don't know that I, I am able to sustain from day to day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Ursula, you can just live your life. I, I support this. Um, and yes, the safaris in uh, Animal Kingdom. Did you get to go on them during your workday? 
I could, yeah, we, we got free passes to go whenever we yeah. wanted. Do you remember any like rides that you loved that you would go on then? Um, the Tower of Terror. Oh, you love Tower of Terror. I can't do that one. Not anymore. It scares me. Oh, it's so fun. I'll hold your bag when you go on it. Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh, boy. Titus, it's time for trivia. The Festival of the Lion King premiered in Animal Kingdom in 1998 at Walt Disney World and still runs this very day. Fun fact, if you went in 2012, you may have seen a recently graduated Titus Burgess in the show. The show is a tribute to both Africa and, of course, the 1994 animated Disney film, but this is not the only show at Animal Kingdom to be based on a Disney film. Can you name one of the other four Disney films that have been represented by a show at Animal Kingdom? And full disclosure, I did not know this at first. Oh, goodness. Um, Tarzan? Yes, uh, Tarzan um, Rocks. There it is. You did yeah. it. Did you see Tarzan Rocks? I did. I did. Wow. That's impressive. It's, you know, it's, a, it's legend now. Do you remember any of the other ones? I think one might been, have been after your time there. Um, I don't. Actually, I don't. Well, you came out the gate swinging with Tarzan Rocks. There was Journey into the Jungle Book, Finding Nemo the Musical, which is incredibly popular and still runs today, and then Pocahontas and her forest friends. Oh, that's right. Did you see that? I did. I was working there when it was there. That one makes me laugh. That's my dream, to be a forest friend at Walt Disney World. One day. Titus, for a Broadway meets Disney podcast, we clearly all love that you brought one of the best Disney sidekicks to the Broadway stage and that you optioned up in Under the Sea. How dare you? You, Titus Burgess, and Sebastian the Crab are both such wonderful people, and believe it or not, there are some similarities. So in this game, Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess, I'm going to read a statement, and it's your job to decide if I'm talking about Sebastian, Titus, or both. But first, we have to create the right mood percussion, strings. <laughs> Are you ready to play Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess? Let's do it. Number one, I am very intelligent when it comes to making music and I enjoy presenting concerts. Ooh, that's both. That is both. <laughs> yes, of course. You both, you know, does Sebastian think that he's, you know, Velma Kelly? I'm not sure, but you <laughs> sharing music. Okay, number two for Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. I am a red crustacean. Uh, Sebastian. That is Sebastian. That's right. That is not Titus Burgess. Okay, number three. I often feel that the human world is a mess. That's Sebastian, but Titus too. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's both. I think that's both. <laughs> okay, number four for Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. The first time I appeared on a Broadway stage, the musical's location was an oceanfront. <clears throat> oh, oh, that's Titus Burgess. <laughs> Good vibrations. It, it's both, because the first time Sebastian the Crab was on a Broadway stage, it was oh, a mermaid, which is also on an oceanfront. Isn't that crazy? Number five, I advocate for love and happiness and being loyal to my friends, one that's of whom Titus. is Jane Krakowski. Oh, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> yes, but so does Sebastian. 
Sebastian loves love and wants happiness, and he's he loyal. loves he does he does he does he's loyal. But yes, that one was Titus. Okay, we've got a few more for Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. You are five for five. So congratulations. I'm really good. You're very good at this. Okay. I believe in this quote. You've got your own style. Now let it shine through. And remember, no matter what, you've got to be you. That's Titus. It is Titus. But also Sebastian said this in the animated TV show. Oh, he did? Both oh, animated yeah. TV show. Yeah. You both, you both really push for individuality and authentic self-worth, which I love. Okay, number seven. My amazing tenor voice has been heard on many Broadway stages in both rock musicals and Disney on Broadway shows. And this is tricky. I'm, I'm giving you that heads up. Say it one more time. Yep. My amazing tenor voice has been heard on many Broadway stages in both rock musicals and Disney on Broadway shows. I used to do that. <laughs> that would be Titus Burgess. Well, it is Titus Burgess, of course, but it's also the voice of Sebastian in the movie was Samuel E. Wright. Oh, you was right. on Broadway in Pippin. So Jesus wait. Christ Superstar. Pippin originated Yes, and he originated the role of Mufasa in The Lion King. Holy sh I know. There's so many similarities. There are so many similarities. Oh my God. Okay. Okay, answer this one correctly, please. Number eight, I care very, very much about others and feel a need to take care of those I love, specifically a special redheaded friend. <laughs> that has to be uh, me talking uh, about my friend David Alpert. But it's also Sebastian talking about Ariel. Oh, you're so stupid. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that is both. Okay. But I'm glad that you answered Titus first. Thank you for that. Number nine for Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. I have many fans, and one time, one of those fans threw me into a pot of boiling water and tried to eat me. That's Sebastian. <laughs> that is Sebastian. If anyone did that to you, I would be very angry. Oh my God. But yes, but you also have many fans, and I'm one of them, but yes, thank God that's just Sebastian. Okay, we've got one more for Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. I once sang a great song that has to do with a boat being rocked. That would be Titus Burgess. Oh, that's both Titus and Sebastian because of Kiss the Girl. That is exactly right. Flotsam and Jetsam tried to rock that boat. And you told everyone to sit down because they're rocking that boat. So. <laughs> You're so dumb. This is so dumb. Thank you again for playing Sebastian the Crab or Titus Burgess. You did so well. Your prize is... Your friendship and love. My friendship and love. That's right. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh -huh. Titus, we put it on Instagram. Your fans are ready with their favorite Disney questions for you. So let's get going. Wesley asks, besides Lion King, what Disney on Broadway show would you cast Titus Andromedon in? So would he be in Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin, Mary Poppins, Tarzan? Uh, he'd be in my, uh, Chicago. <laughs> oh, so not even Disney on Broadway, but I agree with you. <laughs> Just put him in Chicago. Yeah. He thinks he could do, um, 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 what is there, uh, uh, Rafiki, but no. Okay. I like that. Similarly, Tasha asks, what would the cast of Kimmy Schmidt like to do during a day at the Disney parks? 
Hmm. Well, knowing uh, Kimmy being so sunny, she probably wouldn't spend all day in the Magic Kingdom. Um, so we probably get stuck on It's a Small World after all over and over and over and over. Lauren asks, if you were suddenly cast in another Disney Broadway show, who would you want to play? Ursula. I also want to see you play Mary Poppins. What? I just, because I just can see you looking down your nose. You have that humor, you know, telling people what to do. I, I think you could do it. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know. I'd be the witch. Okay, we'll go. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, but Ursula, I, I, I'm there for that. I, I think that'd be brilliant. Mark asks, what is your favorite restaurant at any Disney park or hotel at Walt Disney World? Um, I mean, it's kind of outdated, but I do love the Grand uh, Floridian. <laughs> sure, eating out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not outdated. It's classic. I love it. I think I might know the answer to this. Nicole asks, if you could have lunch with a Disney villain, who would it be and why? Maleficent. Because she's misunderstood. She's a badass. I like her a lot. Jess asks, in Under the Sea, you do the iconic slide up. What other Disney songs do you think could be improved by a slide up? <clears throat> um, Akuna Matata. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, be Our Guest. I mean, listen, there's, there's the sky's the limit. I would love to have you do a concert and one song or one, you know, one number is just you adding those slide ups to every Disney song. <laughs> I would be in that front row throwing so many roses at you. I would be there for it. And finally, Alana asks, what do you think Titus Andromedon's favorite attraction in the parks would be? Um, huh. Probably downtown Disney, even though it doesn't exist. Like he'll be down there, like walking up and down wherever it is now, just trying to like make it come back and relive the old days. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like interacting with people and making yeah. himself be known. It's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Titus, this is Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. Let me know which one that you prefer: Animal Kingdom or the Magic Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Is that just out of nostalgia and loyalty? Um, just, there's not much. I mean, Magic Kingdom is kind of kitty, you know? I would say young and young at heart. But yes, young and you. young at heart. Yes, I do love it. And in fact, Magic Kingdom, that's what I would choose. <laughs> oh, okay. Magic Kingdom. Okay, good. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, turkey legs or Dole Whips? Dole Whips. Have you had a turkey leg? Because I have not. I have. It's too much meat. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Ursula or Maleficent? Well, that's tricky. God damn. I mean, because Maleficent swim too, but she could also fly. Ursula can't fly, but she did come out of the water and get really big. Um, I would say, I would say Ursula because she's voluptuous like me. Yes, but you love Maleficent, which I think she is so great. Would you ever want to play Maleficent on stage or do anything with her? Um, mm, I mean, Angelina Jolie is so heavily in my mind. Like, I, I don't know that I, you know, it just would be a holy, I would be playing uh, Maleficent like Ursula. <laughs> which would be a choice and I would, I would encourage it. Finally, and this one's difficult, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Kiss the Girl or Under the Sea? 
do you know what? At this stage of my life, kiss the girl. There's something so oh. that song is truly um, an act of selflessness uh, by Sebastian that people, you know, write over and, and don't really acknowledge because, uh, you know, he's uh, looked at as is crotchety and, 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 you know, always consumed with his own music and not really wanting to babysit or look after this girl who's, you know, trying to grow up and find her place in, in the world. But, you know, aside from disobeying the king, this is the one time where he truly, he's already gone out on a limb, but he goes the extra mile in, in trying to salvage what's left of the deal that uh, uh, Ariel made. And I just think it's such a grand, grand gesture. It's so beautiful. So I love that. Yeah, that's really great. I asked this of Jody Benson. When Ariel signs her name on the scroll underwater, she proves that she can write. Why didn't Sebastian tell her to just write her name for Eric to read? Because uh, Sebastian doesn't have fingers. No, no, no. But he could have been like, hey, Ariel, just write down your name. Well, I don't think that that's the first thing that he would think if that's not his his own personal journey like i mean he, he, could, he could even tell her how to you know really use her legs t- to walk and when you were in uh um in such a heightened state you know panic stricken i don't think you you all the way uh, think straight and i don't know i don't know why you're right I don't know. yeah i don't know but we love it anyway Titus, what's the first thing you want to do the next time you go to the parks? Oof. Honestly, I kind of would love to go and listen to the Voices of Liberty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's actually things that have changed by now, but that's, that's what I would do. Yeah, they have such beautiful arrangements, and it's it's so nice. I'm I'm I've, that's never come up on the podcast. I really I'm really glad that you might want to grab that Dole Whip and go sit and enjoy the concert. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really nice. Well, Titus, my dear, thank you for joining me on E Ticket to Broadway for sharing your love of the Little Mermaid and Maleficent, and sharing your time working at the parks and in Little Mermaid, and also talking about Tower of Terror. So, thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a delight. It's my pleasure. I love you. Love you too, and we'll see you at the parks. If I were a rich man, gobble, giggle, gobble, 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 Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.